The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, let me talk to you about a few things. The first being the quantage.com. I've already told you about their amazing NFL DFS tools, their lineup optimizer, their injury tool, their head-to-head matchups, and so much more. They got NBA rolling over there and doing very, very well. They got MMA as well. And now they've opened up a betting tool. You control the odds. Their system is back tested on over 1,400 games, picked winners against the spread at 57.09%, and totals of almost 60%. You take the picks and you take control. Every time you adjust a player's performance, you can change the odds. You think Tom Brady is going to have a great game this Sunday? Simply change the slider and see how the line and probability change. Don't miss your chance to dominate in sports betting and turn your fantasy knowledge into money. Use promo code BENCHED when you check out. And you'll get $10 off your first month with the promo with the betting tool. Promo code BENCHED for $10 off the first month of the betting tool. That promo code also gets you $10 off the first month of the DFS tools, the football package, the basketball package, whichever you prefer. But use promo code BENCHED and you will much, much appreciate the tools at thequantedge.com. Also, go check out draft.com. It is a great way to play fantasy sports. They started out making the greatest snake-style drafts you could ever have. They have NFL, NBA, NHL, baseball, PGA. They have it all. And now they've even introduced auction drafts. Tons and tons of fun over there. Use promo code SDSPORTS when you check out, and you get entry into a free $3 tournament of your choice. Again, that's SD, D as in David, SDSPORTS when you check out for $3 entry into a free $3 tournament of your choice over at Draft.com, Draft in your app store. Last but not least... If you could please go give us a rating and review on iTunes, we'd much, much appreciate it. It would help the podcast become bigger and better and move where we need to move. With that being said, welcome to Bench with Bubba, episode 129. Sitting down with Matt Bowie of Razball.com, talking the fantasy football week 8 action. Look forward to week 9, talking the NFL trade deadline and all kinds of good stuff to get you ready for this week's action.
And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 129. Going to recap the NFL trade deadline, week eight action. Look ahead to week nine. The usual is here on the football edition of Benched with Bubba. In order to do so, I will be joined by a member of Razball.com. You can find him on Twitter at Razball underscore MB. He's been on the show before, and we love having him back. Matt Bowie, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me back. Uh, good to link up with your listeners again, as we did this summer. So, uh, yeah, there's plenty to talk about. I'm glad I hopped on this week. Yeah, no, I'm glad you uh, you hit me up because uh, as I started putting the outline together, I'm like, you know, we talked about like half these guys earlier this year, and I think things have changed quite a bit on some oh, of these guys. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be interesting. Well, let's just kick it off with the trade deadline because. I'm a diehard baseball fan. I love my football. I don't put it on the back burner by any means, but baseball has a trade deadline. The NFL just says they have a trade deadline most years. This mm-hmm. year they this year the NFL made trades, Matt, and um three big ones went down today. We know Amari Cooper, um, you know, the Raiders robbed the, the Cowboys last week, but yeah. we we got uh Demarius Thomas, some say he's washed, some say he isn't, goes to the Houston Texans for a fourth round pick and they swap seventh round picks. Um you know, Will Fuller's put on the IR with his ACL. Cootie's injured. What's your thoughts on DT in Texas? Okay, so Demarius Thomas, I, I'm not necessarily in the he's washed camp. I just don't think he has gotten the opportunities with uh, the quarterbacks uh, with quarterback play in Denver the last couple years. Uh, Case Keenum has been okay, but, I mean, he, he's not playing with Peyton Manning anymore. And I think – Playing with Deshaun Watson is is a good opportunity for him. The problem is rest of season. I'm not I'm not totally sold on it because, as you know, it takes a while for these players to learn the playbook. Um, it's it's completely different. Um, he's playing with a different set of teammates, but I believe that he can have some value this year. I just think it, it won't be until until fantasy playoff time um, necessarily. And I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is there too. So that kind of, that zaps his, that zaps his value quite a bit. So I think he's, I think he's a flex consideration uh, later on in the season. I think, I think he can win some matchups for you um, if you slot him in on the right week. Yeah. I'm glad you hit on the Hopkins parks. I had a, a follower on Twitter asked me, well, that takes away all my Hopkins value. I said, why would you say that? No, it never um, would. Yeah, Nothing, like, no one is taking away from Hopkins value. Exactly. I'm like, A, is the number one, and B, they got it done with Hopkins, Fuller, and Kuti all producing. Like, there wasn't an issue because they don't have a tight end, and they don't really have a receiving running back for the most part. Mm-hmm. So these are the receiving options. They're, that's just the way it is. That's why they went out and traded for a guy when Fuller went down with his ACL. Now – Say maybe uh, you know Kiki's injured right now. He still might play this week, assuming he gets back to full health, which is a big assumption in the middle of the season. Would you rather have DT or Kiki for the rest of the way? I think probably uh, I think probably Kiki because I think being the slot receiver, this could this could open things up for him. I mean, they have both, they have two guys that can help out on the underneath. And as you know, I mean, Kiki ran a, a pretty quick 40 at the combine. So I think they can, they have the opportunity to get him uh, downfield a little bit. I mean, he's not, he's not going to be Will Fuller by any means, but I think he can, you know, somewhat cover that role. 
And I, I mean, they, they have to improve on his, his 9.3 yards per reception this year. I mean, that's, that's not what they brought him in for to be an underneath guy. So I think it's a good opportunity for him. So if I were going to take a flyer on either of them, it'd be Kiki. I like that. Uh, let's look at Denver real quick. Obviously, it opens up a big spot for uh, a draft pick this year in Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders, he's been really good. He's banged up right now. I'm not worried about that so much. He's going to get his. But Cortland's a big-time receiver. What's What do you think with Cortland right now? Because everyone's he, – he's the buzz right now. Yeah, I mean, you got to put him in your lineup now. I mean, uh, with DT out of the way, it it opens things up for more targets. I, I don't see him getting less than five catches per game. I, I think this is a guy who can be competing for 100 yards a game, and I think he can help them out in the red zone too. I mean, he, he's been pretty – with the lack of – absolute um, production from a fantasy standpoint, just watching him, he's been very impressive. I mean, he did get 90 yards last week, so I guess you could kind of consider that his breakout. But I, I this is a guy that it's, it's just obvious that he's going to break out in the second half. Yeah, well, I guess it'll be fun to see how that all turns out. And we get to see it right away because Houston faces Denver this weekend. So lots to like Yeah, what, what kind of reception do you think uh, DT will get? In Denver, they shouldn't be mad at him at all. This has no, nothing to no, do with not him. at all. Yeah, this this is all a, a – I don't want to completely say poor management practices has gotten this far, but pretty much poor management has gotten this far, and they're going to have to do a lot more blowing up to get better sooner than later. I, I hope they give him a standing O. I mean, this is a, this is a Super Bowl winning guy. Um, I mean, he's he, yeah. he, did, he did a lot for, the, for this organization, and uh, – Pretty cool story too. So uh, I, I'm sure they'll retire his jersey in Denver when it's all said and done. Um, it was when the Super Bowl was in San Francisco, and it was them versus the Panthers. I they'll give media passes to anybody for media day. So oh, I okay. was at the media day. I at the media day, and the first person I got to talk to was DT. I stayed at his because everyone was getting ready to go to Peyton's. I'm like, well, there's no one standing here, so this works out perfectly. And um, so I talked to him for a couple of minutes, and one of the questions I asked him was. Um, you know, being a Georgia Tech guy and everything, what was it like with, uh, you know, Calvin Johnson? Because Calvin Johnson just retired right before mm-hmm. that happened. So that, like, he, he showed – at that point, he showed how much he respected the game, which was cool to see from a, a guy that was super talented. And then he – you know, that was right when the news came out that his mom was going to finally come see him play a game and all that stuff. So uh, yeah. he, he, he was yeah. a very humble, very awesome kid. It was, he was fun to meet. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I hope um, I hope he finishes strong with Houston. I mean, he's thirty years old; he'll be thirty one by the time the season's over. Uh, I hope he has a couple more years in him. And I I I love Deshaun Watson. I'm not sure if you knew this, but I'm a huge Deshaun Watson fan. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing if this can work out for both of them. Well, and you mentioned it that way because you know we can kind of I will bring this topic up now and we'll bring it up later. Like Lamar Miller's looked really good this week or in the last couple of weeks, he's actually been the guy. It's almost like they, they were trying to punish him to motivate him in a weird way. And, you know, Deshaun Watson's going to keep getting healthier. I listened to a guy a couple of weeks ago. The whole bus thing was to help him, his lungs grow, and he's got two home games before he has to travel, so on and so forth. Like, they're supposed to be a lot of going to be just fine, Thomas. They're still towards the top of a very bad division. They could sneak mm-hmm. into the playoffs with a pretty decent defense. Is there anything to really get excited about there with Houston? With Houston, I mean, they're they're not one of the top three teams in the 
in the division, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna host the Saturday ESPN uh, wild card game. I mean, they're gonna host the four or five game. <laughs> um, hopefully, it's uh, you know, I, I think they'll win a playoff game, and I think they're gonna run into New England or uh, Kansas City and get completely sauced. But um, it'll be good to see Deshaun Watson play in a in a playoff game that he can win to uh, to start it off and. I think it'll it'll be good for his career. I think it'll be a good experience because he wasn't he wasn't around last year when they made the playoffs. For sure. Let's talk about another big trade. We already joked about Amari Cooper going for a number one draft pick. Well, now a receiver that's been much better than Amari Cooper in recent years. Golden Tate leaves Detroit, heads to the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles for a third round draft pick. This has all the feelings of A, Aguilar is in trouble, but B, this makes a very good team much, much better. Yeah, absolutely. And this is normally I'd say that a uh, guy's fantasy value would be zapped uh, kind of like we did with DT when he's when he's moving teams midseason. But Golden Tate is going into the perfect situation. He's going into um, a situation where a coach is going to be very excited to use the, the skills that he has. I mean, they have the number one wide receiver in all Sean Jeffrey already. Um, who is, you know, just the possession guy. I mean, you can just pepper him with, uh, with targets and there they have Zach Ertz who they can do the same thing with. And with golden Tate, they can stretch the field or, I mean, they can, they can hit him with the screen passes and it's just another weapon for a coach who just, <laughs> who just doesn't need another weapon, but he's going to use it correctly, you know? Um, so I, I love it for golden Tate. I think it's a, it's a slight uptick in his value um and if it's not a slight uptick i don't think he's losing any value i think he's still uh someone that you're gonna slot into your lineup every week and it it helps that he has the bye week this week to to learn the playbook and get familiar with his teammates definitely and and, you know alshon jeffrey since he's come back has played very very well there zach Ertz is just a monster um how do you think that affects those two guys having tate join that offense I think it just I think it enhances it. Um I think it's going to it's going to do good things for um for Carson Wentz. Um going to be great for confidence. I mean, he's one of the top quarterbacks uh in the league and top quarterbacks when they get a new weapon, they they figure it out. They don't have a running game. Um they're just rotating backs. I mean, last week Adams got the majority of the carries and I think no one even got 10 carries. Um Carson Wentz didn't throw a touchdown pass to a to a wide receiver last week. So you you want to add a wide receiver to this. I mean, um you don't want Nelson Aguilar as your as your second wide receiver as as good as he has played the last couple of years. But um this this only helps. Um I think it can help Alshon's value. Um Zach Ertz, I mean, he's just he's going to get his. So I I I think it'll be good things all around for Philadelphia. All right, let's take a quick look at the Detroit side of things. Marvin Jones finally had his coming out party last week. We've been waiting for it. Like DFS players, as the price has dropped, has waited week in and week out. He finally did it. But the guy I really love and I think everybody else loves is Megatron Megatron Jr. and Kenny Galladay. And now it's going to be the Jones-Galladay show for the most part. What are your thoughts on the Detroit passing game? Uh, I love it for Galladay. That's for sure. Um, he, we sh- we saw earlier in the season that he had some breakout games. He's he's ready to be a starting wide receiver in this league. He's ready to um, to be a big producer in your fantasy lineup. 
Um, it was a shame to see the last couple of weeks. He just wasn't used that much. And I think this is a good way for Detroit to, to add a draft pick and uh, be able to use uh, Kenny Galladay in the way that he should be used. Uh, Marvin Jones showed last week. He still has a lot in the tank. Um, I mean, I, I love it for, uh, for Detroit. Um, as far as Matthew Stafford, I don't like it for him. <laughs> Because I mean, anytime you lose a weapon like Golden Tate, um, it's it's not doing anything real positive for you. So as far as you know, overall yardage and uh, red zone opportunities, I mean, it, it can't help him. So um, if it hurts anyone, it hurts Matthew Stafford, but it helps the two receivers. All right, let's talk about a trade that really confused me. I was literally eating lunch, and you know, I'm a I'm a Dolphins fan, unfortunately, but I, I my second team would be the Packers with my thing and I see them trade Ty Montgomery to the Baltimore Ravens and I'm thinking okay he pissed his coach off he fumbled the ball he got traded that's kind of kind of strange um and I know they got a loaded backfield so okay but they traded him for a seventh round draft pick in 2020 not next season 2020 this is like the biggest just leave the locker room thing I've ever seen um I don't like it for either side what's your thoughts here so the report was um that he threw a fit on the sideline because he was pulled out of the game um, previous to to the kickoff return. Uh, he slammed his helmet down, had some choice words for I don't know who. Um, and I was I read that he was told to take a knee, and he brought it out anyway. So I mean, he went against what what the coaches wanted, and I mean, you just can't have that on your team. They don't need him. They have Jamal Williams. They have they have Aaron Jones, who uh, is finally getting some love um, in the backfield now. He he'll, he should see uh, uh, an uptick in carries now that they don't have to worry about uh, giving Ty Montgomery the ball at all anymore. Um, I like it for Baltimore. Uh, it's not good for Buck Allen, that's for sure. I, it's not going to affect – I don't think it affects Alex Collins at all. I mean, he's the – he seems to be the shoe-in guy in, in first and second down territory early in the games. Um, he scores most of his uh, touchdowns in the first quarter. Um, so, I mean, it's – most of his production comes at the beginning of the game. He's kind of the tone setter. So, I don't see this affecting Alex Collins at all. But I, I see it being a big problem for Buck Allen. And Buck Allen, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he gets in the end zone, but it's just kind of because he's the guy who's in, you know. So, he's never been a good running back, but uh, he's always had – He's always had opportunities. So yeah, I think it's bad for Buck Allen if uh, Ty Montgomery can pick up the playbook. But, um, you know, I mean, you never know with uh, guys like Ty Montgomery. Yeah, that's kind of the way I felt is, you know, Alex Collins has his role. He's going to get, you know, 15 to 20 touches a game, and that's kind of where it goes. And, you know, a couple of weeks they've actually incorporated him in the passing game. So he's going to be fine. Buck Allen's the one you've seen in recent weeks. He's kind of lost a little bit of his touches. And now you bring a guy like Ty Montgomery, and we've seen be very, very good at the running back position, especially in the passing game. This makes you wonder, really, like you said, is this, you know, Buck Allen? You know, you're going to be relegated to the, the third on the depth chart here. If basically what I'm asking is, is if Ty Montgomery's out there and the running back position by this time of the year, almost every position this time of the year, there's a lot of depletion out there. Do you look at a guy like Ty Montgomery for depth on your roster? Or are you thinking this is just such a mess in Baltimore? We leave it alone. You know, someone asked me that on Twitter earlier today. Um, 
And I don't think I thought it through enough because now that I'm thinking about it, it he kind of is someone that I want on my roster because you've seen how creative they've gotten with uh, Lamar Jackson, um, you know, throwing throwing Joe Flacco out there for receiver so uh, Lamar Jackson can get some snaps. And I can just see them taking Ty Montgomery and moving him around, moving him around the formations and just seeing if they can find a couple plays that work for him. And maybe he can, he can bust some big plays. So, I mean, 14 and 16 team leagues, I think he is someone that I want to wait and see on my bench. Uh, 12, 12 team leagues. I mean, I think he got time because I don't think he's going to make a big impact this week. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of a wait and see in shallow leagues. But in deep leagues, I think he's definitely, uh, if he's out there, he's definitely a pickup. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I could see this being kind of like, you know, what the Chargers are doing with Gordon Eckler. They're both on the field at the same time. I could see Tymon and and um, Collins on the field at the same time. I could see uh, Montgomery getting some spots in the slot once in a while because, you know, Crabtree and, and Jones are, are, are Brown are playing really well. Sneed's having this last three weeks have been crazy, but how mm-hmm. long is that going to work? We'll see, but I think it opens up some slots too. So it'll be very interesting with time on for sure. Yeah. They're, they're, they'll, they'll find a way to use him. Uh, I, it's just a matter of if, is he going to get more than uh, three or four touches a game? One thing I did want to ask, I forgot to put it on the outline, but it's not really an in-depth question. Um, the trade deadline came and went and we're in week nine. What is going on with Le'Veon Bell? Well, I mean, he hasn't signed any paperwork, so they just simply can't do anything with him. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be like we thought it was in, in mid-September. I think he'll be back week 11. Uh, this guy is just – he's he's not going to want to spend another year in, in Pittsburgh, so he's going to report. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, if he has any little ailment whatsoever, he'll sit. And I think James Conner is probably uh, very valuable uh, for the rest of the season. I think you can probably, even when Le'Veon Bell's back, you can probably uh, count on putting him in your lineup and at least your flex spot until we see until we see what happens with Le'Veon Bell. But he, he's not he's not playing with his money. I mean, he'll he'll be back week eleven, so we make sure he's a free agent next year, and that's just what's going to be. Um, yeah. Pittsburgh's going to go to the playoffs. Uh, he's going to have fresh legs for the playoffs. So I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, uh, I feel bad for people who took him. I mean, it's, yes, it, but it's, it's just part of the business. Um, mm-hmm. It's part of the football business. Yeah. I don't blame him for it at all. I said on some show before the season that I, I don't blame him one bit. If he wants to sit out as long as he possibly can, because in this, you get one good payday. This is it. So your your investment is your or your body is your investment when you're in the yeah. NFL. And I mean, the average span of the NFL career, I I think last time I checked was two point seven years. Exactly. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I I can't say I blame him either. No. All right. Let's recap recap some week eight uh, storylines here. Let's kind of flip around the uh, the league. One that took place finally after they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers over the weekend on Monday. The Browns' first fire head coach, Hugh Jackson, which a lot of people expected. And then, to the surprise of at least me, because I didn't think they'd do both, they, a few hours later they fired Todd Haley as the offensive coordinator. Um, this is very interesting, to say the least. But the fantasy football ramifications, what effect do you think this has on this offense that has a lot of weapons and just really isn't gelling the way it should? 
Okay. Um, I think that the idea is to get Duke get the ball in Duke Johnson's hands a little I bit more. I hope to God that's true. Um, if you're management and you see a guy producing through for you uh, from the slot um, in the passing game from the backfield and you just see Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson completely ignore it. So here's my theory. Um, I think Hugh Jackson – Last week, he made some comments about wanting to get more involved in the offense. Mm-hmm. And you heard uh, the report that Todd Haley just basically ignored whatever Hugh Jackson said. And, I mean, I think they both got fired because uh, they couldn't keep the bad blood between them quiet. I think that's probably a big reason about what happened. I think Hugh Jackson probably wanted to get Duke Johnson a lot more involved. Um, you sign a guy like – you sign a guy like Jarvis Landry to big money in the off uh, over the offseason. I can't remember off the top of my head if he got traded. Did he get traded? He got traded, yes, but then he yeah. got an extension when he was there or something like that. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You trade for a guy like Jarvis Landry and you're you're just not using him correctly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's insane. You got to use Duke Johnson. You got to you I mean, if 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 you want to give uh, Nick Chubb 18 touches, fine. I mean, the guy busted a 20-yard run last week. He busted a couple 10-yard runs. But you got to disguise it because you saw in the second half last week against Pittsburgh, he was just getting stuffed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you just you just got to utilize your, utilize your guys because you have so much talent on that offense. And, I mean, poor Baker Mayfield. I mean, I, I, I hope this is a positive uh, – move for Baker Mayfield's career. I um, hope this team is under uh, the correct direction. And I believe, you know, not ignoring David Njoku, uh, finding a way to give Jarvis Landry the ball and um, yeah, getting Duke Johnson the ball. I think, I think that's the, I think that's the, that's the key to success there. And uh, you know, finding the right situations for Nick Chubb. No, I like that. They have a lot of tools there. Like I love Duke in a PPR league and all the stuff you mentioned, I completely agree with. So I'm, I'm hoping they figure it out because it's been a big waste of talent there this year, but that's, that's the Browns being the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about another team that's in struggle mode, but they uh, are making changes. They are your team, the Tampa Bay yeah. Buccaneers, yeah. and it is back to Fitz magic time, my friend. Yes. How do, you feel about, yes. how do you feel about this? I mean, I'm not quite sure if you saw my Halloween costume on Saturday night, but uh, I, I actually dressed up as press conference Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, <laughs> I love it for Deshaun Jackson. Uh, yes. This this poor guy. I mean, Jameis just will not give him the ball, and I. Do not blame him whatsoever for asking for a trade. I do not have a bad thing to say about about Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson's uh, outspokenness about wanting to be traded. Uh, I love Deshaun Jackson. I hope he wants to. Um, I hope he wants to spend the rest of the season with Tampa. And I hope he. I hope he enjoys it uh, if, with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center. I think that um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a guy who give, who can give him the ball downfield. I think he's a guy that uh, will be that uh, Fitzpatrick will be looking for. I love it for OJ Howard. Um, OJ Howard, he did well with Jameis too. I mean, he's just, he's having, he's having a breakout season, but I mean, Tampa Bay, their quarterbacks, they're averaging the second most fantasy points uh, in the, in the league per game, uh, whether it be Jameis or whether it be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now this week, eh, I mean, I, I can hard I can hardly feel comfortable calling Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, a QB one on the road in Carolina. That's that's a tough matchup, but um, 
if if you're having bye week issues and you in you need someone off the waiver wire, I mean Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't the worst gamble. Um, I think it's great for the offense. I think uh, Jameis Winston in general should be done in Tampa. Uh, I believe I I told you that when I mm-hmm. you had me on last time. Um, I'm, I'm just not a big Jameis fan after the last thing that happened. So, um, yeah, I, I think his days are numbered. Um, there's always a possibility that he starts another game just to see what they have. But, I mean, we've seen this guy for four years. The results just haven't been there. Um, I read something this morning uh, talking about Matthew Stafford, Brett Favre, uh, uh, Peyton Manning, all those guys who uh, had who had turnover trouble early in their career, but by year four, they had it figured out and they never looked back. This is Jameis's fourth year. And he threw a couple of possibly the worst interceptions. They were so bad. They were, I mean, this guy just doesn't have a clue. This, he does not have a clue at all. Um, I don't like it for Peyton Barber. Uh, Peyton Barber was unable to produce when Ryan Fitzpatrick was was out on the field um, and through the first three weeks. This is obviously going to be a passing team. They're going to fall behind early against Carolina on Sunday, so it's going to be a lot of uh, air raid. I like it for Chris Godwin. I mean, but you can't really. I mean, deeper leagues you can put Chris Godwin in, but otherwise he's just a guy taking up a bench spot until. Uh, until something happens to either Mike Evans or Deshaun Jackson. So that's pretty much my take on it. No, I like it. It's pretty wild. My numbers might be a little off, but they're close. I saw that Jameis is basically, I think he's had 71 turnovers in 43 career games. That is Mm -hmm. not good. That is not good at all. The guy just doesn't have a clue. I mean, all the positivity and all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's all show. Um, He could be I mean, I, I don't know the guy personally, but I mean, I, I, I mean, it was, it was, it was all a show. Yep. <laughs> um, and then I, like you said, just a couple stats from people that I, I saved from uh, Lord Reeves on Twitter, uh, tweeted them out. Evans has 27 catches and four touchdowns. Djax 18 and three touchdowns. Godwin 14 and three touchdowns and Howard 12 and two touchdowns. There was only three touchdowns combined with Jameis with those four. So, um, yes, the production is much, much better with Brian Fitzpatrick there, as you'd imagine. So fire up your Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. I see, like you said, this week, maybe it's a little tricky because Carolina is respectable. But mm-hmm. we've said that before with Fitzmagic, and he still makes it happen. So we shall see. Well, I mean, um, there, there should be garbage time because uh, time. even historically, historically this Tampa defense hasn't been that bad. But um, even – when they are a little bit better, Cam Newton just completely obliterates this team every time he plays them at home. Um, he's going to run for 50 to 70 yards. He's going to throw for 250 to 300 yards, and he's going to score three times. I mean, I, I will put I will put a guarantee on it <laughs> as right. close to as close to a guarantee as you can. I hope so because he's a fantasy quarterback for me in a few weeks. So I, I have as, I have him as my QB one this week, over, even over Mahomes. I love it. I love it. I'll I'll make sure to bring that up on my DFS show tomorrow night. Yeah, you bring uh, it up. Bring it up on old takes exposed too when it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk Miami Dolphins real quick. Uh, Kenyon Drake, he's put together like three straight really good weeks because they finally decided to give him the football, and then Devontae Parker finally gets to play last week because the Dolphins didn't have anybody else to use. And I've been saying all along, his talent is there. Just play the damn guy. And he produced very, very well against Houston. Now, you know, that could be a week-to-week thing with Osweiler at the helm. But are you buying into Kenyon Drake and Devontae Parker being fantasy relevant the rest of the way? 
I mean, honestly, shout out to Adam Gase for not giving up giving up on the kid after he fumbled at the one yard line against Chicago. I mean, there's coaches that could be frustrated with it, but he, uh, you know, you're on the brink of victory, and then he fumbles at the one yard line, and he could tell it's just his heart fell out of his body when he was on the sideline. I mean, he was probably crying. <laughs> um, yep. But anyways, he put him out in the next drive, and he just had a monster drive, and he hasn't looked back since. Um, so good job, Gates, for being, a, for being a true leader. Good job for Kenyon Drake for bouncing back. Um, I like Frank Gore this week, too. Um, I, I think he can um, – this is a guy that's getting 12 to 15 touches a game, and I think this could be a second 100-yard game of the season. Um, I'm not too impressed with the New York Jets. Jordan Howard did it against them last year – I'm sorry, last week. I think this could be a little uh, – Kenyon Drake plays the Tariq Cohen role. Uh, Frank Gore plays the Jordan Howard role, and, uh, you know, they just – they try and run the ball down their throat. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, but I like both running backs. And – uh was it Devontae Parker that you asked about? Yes, yes, Devontae uh, Parker. I don't know. I mean, this is, <laughs> I've, I've watched this guy for three years, and I've loved him at times. I've hated him at times. Um, I would say from a fantasy standpoint, for the next couple of weeks while Kenny Stills is out, I, I'm totally playing this guy in, in DFS because I'm sure he's probably pretty cheap. Um the Dolphins flat out don't like them, don't like him. But I mean, the, all they have is Jakeem Grant, um, and you know, Devontae Parker. He played really good last week. Uh, Forty-five of those yards shouldn't have happened. I don't know if you saw the play where uh, I think Jakeem Grant got crunched between two people, and the ball flew up in the air and uh, flew right into Devontae Parker's hands. So he got a forty-five yard reception out of that. But other than right, that, I right mean, place, right time. Yeah, he was, and. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he got he got forty yards out of it, and but as far as how he looked over the middle, I mean, he looked confident. Um, he was coming down with the ball. He wasn't uh, getting the ball knocked out of his hands by safeties. Um, he just he looked um, he looked like the alpha receiver that that Miami wanted to draft. But I mean, the guy is so week to week. I'd like to see it a couple more weeks. Don't blame me at all. Uh, in that same matchup on Thursday night, Lamar Miller back to back really really good weeks. I know. When we talked earlier this year, we were talking about, you know, late second round, early third round kind of guys. Lamar Miller was on the list of guys we talked about. Um, When you are looking at what he's done recently, do you think he's back being that every week, you know, back end RB1, RB2 type guy? I wouldn't go that far, but I would say that uh, I feel a lot better about him. He's a guy that I just, I avoided in uh, drafts altogether. Um, for guys like uh, Peyton Barber, who I eventually dropped. Um, you know, we can't all be perfect. Um, I think the good thing is that this offensive line can continue to improve. They can continue to uh, learn how to make holes for him. And I think that's what I think that's what's happening because he's hasn't had a good offensive line in Houston. So I think it's just taken a, an excessively long time for uh, for things to get figured out for him. Um, he's getting goal line touches. Um, he, he's got touchdowns the last couple games. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is a guy that you, you can't leave sitting on your bench. And, uh, yeah, he's just, he's just flat out looked better, and, and uh, he can't help but he'd be happy for the guy. Let's, uh, let's just hope that offensive line can keep Deshaun Watson on his feet too. Yeah, no, that's the most important part. Uh, let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks. Um, 
Doug Baldwin's a week to week question mark. You got David Moore. Can all he does is catch touchdowns. He's like this year's Will Fuller. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Tyler Lockett's been actually pretty good. But the biggest question I have is: Can we trust this passing game when when Russell Wilson's throwing the ball like give or take twenty times a game? Like literally, he's not going more than twenty five a game. So the volume isn't there, and they got like four receivers involved here with an occasional like I touted Ed Dixon last week as an athletic tight end. There's a lot of weapons. Hey, you got a, a touchdown. lot of production. Yeah, you got so, a touchdown out of it. Yeah, I did. So, what do you think about the Seattle passing game? How do you approach it from a fantasy perspective? You know, I was big on Doug Baldwin uh, so this offseason. I, I thought there was a lot of red zone targets to be had. Um, I think if he didn't get hurt at the beginning of the year, I think this is probably a monster season for him. Um, I think with him not being healthy and with uh, this new cast of characters that. Uh, that Russell Wilson is throwing to outside of Tyler Lockett, who, he, who he's familiar with. There, I think Tyler Lockett is the only one that I'd that I'd want to start, um, and that's just playing the matchups as well. It's not, it's not necessarily. I think you're in trouble if you're uh, if you're in a 12 team league and you're having to start Tyler Lockett every week. Um, but yeah, I, I mean Tyler Lockett, he's uh, stepped up in the red zone. He's making touchdown catches. Um, he's stretching the field for them. I mean, he's really came a long way. Um, shout out to Matt Harmon for that call because he was all over him this offseason. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Doug Baldwin, he, I mean, all of his production out of his six-catch, 90-some-yard game was in the fourth quarter. I mean, the guy is – he's just kind of like – he's such a wild card this year. Uh, it, he's not healthy. And, nope. And it's a shame. It's a shame. So, I mean, the only guy that I really want to roster at this point is uh, is Tyler Lockett. Right, let's talk about two young running backs, rookie running backs that have really burst on the, se- the scene of late. Carry uh, on Johnson for the Lions last two weeks been phenomenal. He is the Riddick was on, but hopefully, eventually, something will seep in these guys' brains. That he's very, very good. And we got Philip Lindsay for Detroit again. Uh, Freeman was out of the way. This past week, he's been uh, really, really good for Denver. It, it rests of the way. Which one would you rather have, uh, Carry on Johnson or Philip Lindsay? I think it's I think it's Philip Lindsay quite easily for me because he just has one less running back to worry about. Uh, Dio Riddick is going to get touches uh, when he's healthy, and Legarrette Blunt is going to get touches when he's healthy, and a lot of those touches will be in the red zone. Now, that's not saying that Carry on Johnson won't get red zone touches because he is. But Legarrette Blunt is definitely going to be in the mix if uh, on Johnson's out there for five, six, seven uh, straight plays in a row. Um, Legarrette Blunt's going to get those carries. Um, I Royce Freeman just it he looked so good in the preseason. It's just, it's just not panning out for him uh, as this season. I think he's a very talented back, and I I think uh, I think his detriment was just how good Philip Lindsay is. Um, never really. Devon, or I'm sorry, um, Freeman just never got a chance to uh, find a rhythm, really, because if he's getting stuff for two yard carries to bring uh, Philip Lindsay out, he'll carry it for seven yards. Um, he's he's helpful in the passing game, um, but yeah, Philip Lindsay is he's just a starting running back in this league. He can do it in the red zone. He can do it between the twenties. He can uh, do it through the air. He's an all around back. Uh, I'm curious as. Uh, Let's say uh, let's say the season's over. Um, knowing what you know now, what do you think next year for Philip Lindsay? Uh, are you thinking a fourth, fifth rounder, or or even higher? 
Yeah, based on who they still have there, because I still get terrified when they take a guy so early like Royce Freeman and I want to keep him active. And maybe, you know, an offseason we'll get something going there. But I, what, what Lindsey's done so far, I'd say fourth round's pretty good. Yeah, I, I could yeah. see fourth round, especially kind of the way the draft went this year, the depth at positions now. I could say fourth round for sure. Yeah, I mean, he, he's an every week starter. Um, yep. And carry on Johnson. I mean, you're you're nervous putting him in, in your lineup when you see Theo Riddick is active. And well, let, like let, me, let me let me ask let, let me ask. Blunt's not there next year. Where do you take carry on Johnson? Oh my gosh, I think uh, second or third round. I mean, the guy. I agree, he's that good. It's, yeah. a, it's a shame he's getting blocked like this. <laughs> yeah, I I think he's. The guy has the guy has two hundred yard games so far this year, and Detroit hadn't had one in years. I mean, the guy he, he's he's be, he's the best running probably. I I don't know if I want to be this hot takey, but I want to say like I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. I think he's probably the best running back they've had since Barry Sanders. I can't think of anyone yeah. else off the top of my head. The only one that comes off the top of my head that could challenge him, but I agree with you, would be Reggie Bush. Oh but, yeah, but they, he was. Uh, yeah, he, was he wasn't. He missed. wasn't an every down back for him. Yeah, that's why I said it's the closest thing. So yeah, I think you 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 might be right there. That's interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> I like it. Uh, let's talk Indianapolis Colts real quick. They act. They activated a, a player in a week seven. He didn't get any targets. Nothing. Then he goes to Oakland. He gets seven targets, six catches, fifty-two yards. His name is Dontrell Inman. Mm-hmm. What are we doing, Matt? What are we doing? I I just putting T. Y. Hilton in my lineup and and praying. I mean, <laughs> they're they're going to use T. Y. Hilton. Um, I mean, they have the thing. The thing with Dontrell Enman and Charles Rogers and Grant and these guys are all kind of the same tier. And then you have T. Y. Hilton. So. I mean, you got three guys that um, are game plan guys. Which which one of those three do you start from week to week basics? I mean, um, he's got to keep rolling with Ty Hilton. Um, he'll he'll get it together. He'll have his uh, he'll have his big two hundred yard two touchdown game some sometime yeah. this year. But I I can't see myself uh, picking up Dontrell Inman and being like I I know what week I'm going to start this guy. I know I know what matchup I like. Like no, you don't know yeah. that Indi- the the coaching staff in Indianapolis doesn't even know. Um, so true. I mean, if Inman historically ha- um, was known for big games, then yeah. But um, I mean, he's. He's uh, had a couple flashes in, in the past couple of years, but he's just he's not a guy that I'm really excited to. I think I'm even more excited probably to add Devontae Parker than him. <laughs> there, That says it all for you, folks. That <laughs> says it all for you right there. Let's talk about another running back. He should have been picked up in all leagues last week, but for some reason he's out there. He's the every down guy in Oakland right now, and it was proven. We know that um, John Gruden likes his every down back, and Doug Martin, 13 for 72, he even got two catches for 17 yards. So 15 touches. Jalen Richard still got his, but it was more the game flow dictated more of a passing game. So there's other mm-hmm. games that might go Doug Martin's way. What's your thoughts on Doug Martin? Because he actually looked really good last week. He did look really good for a little while, and then he uh, he fumbled in a key moment in the second half. And I mean, it was just flashbacks to Tampa. Uh, it's just and he couldn't <laughs> score goal to go situations either. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, yeah, he's he's not the answer. 
long term. Um, I don't think he's going to score you more than eight to nine fantasy points in standard leagues uh, per week. Um, he's obviously a guy that needs to be rostered because he's an every down back. Um, yeah, I, I don't think Doug Martin's any anything more than a bye week fill in, and I would uh, I'd rather have the pass catcher. I'd rather have Richard. Okay, I agree with you there. Sticking in Oakland, though, a guy that was like similar to Inman. He was active in week two and week three, no targets. He wasn't active any other week this season except last week when he got four four targets, three catches, 39 yards, a touchdown. Some say he took the Amari Cooper role. Others say Martavius Bryant did because he didn't get any catches. You can decide on your own. But what's your thoughts on Brandon LaFell right now, who we've seen be viable when he was in New England, and maybe this is a new chance? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be someone, right? <laughs> um, I agree. I, th- I think he's rosterable. Uh, I absolutely do. Um, he's done it before. Um, fresh starts, you just, I mean, you never know. Um, he's not the top of my waiver wire list. I'd say probably, you know, in the fifth or sixth range. If, you, if you're sitting in the back of priorities, I think he's I think he's worth a shot in the dark. But He's not someone I'd rather pick up over the the, D, the DJ Moores and the Kiki Kutis and uh, all those guys that are sitting sitting towards the top of the waiver wire this week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm rooting for the guy. I think I think uh, I think uh, I think a couple more weeks like this could be up his sleeve this season. So I'm I'm happy. I like that, and I'm glad you mentioned DJ Moore. I think uh, he's going to slide in and have a big second half of the season here. So good mention there. Um, Let's talk Green Bay Packers real quick. We already mentioned Ty Mont's gone. Aaron Jones, he got the low this last week, 12 carries, only the second time this year. He's had double-digit carries. He had two catches as well, so 14 touches in a game that uh, was back and forth in the second half against the Rams. It looks like it's his role, but we said that before. Are we confident in Aaron Jones yet? Yeah, I'm confident. I'm confident in Aaron Jones. Uh, Jamal Williams kind of stole a touchdown last week, and that that's okay. I mean, uh, Ty Montgomery is kind of out of the picture. Uh I'd be very surprised if there's a, a game this season that Aaron Jones doesn't see a, a double digit carries. I think your opportunity to buy low on him has has gone and passed. Um, just, I mean, you, you watch the two running backs play in in Green Bay, and it's very apparent which one has uh, has the talent, which one can bust the big run while also. Uh, while also not taking it three times to punch it in from the one yard line. I mean, he, he's, he's a real deal running back. Um, yeah. Aaron, I'm starting Aaron Jones every week in, in, in 10 team leagues and up. All right. Stick it in green Bay. Uh, Martez Valdez Scantling. He's really paid off the last three, three mm-hmm. games, 10 targets, six targets, five targets. Mm-hmm. He scored touchdowns in two or three and he outsnapped the snot out of uh, Cobb this last week. And even out of Allison. So he was the number two guy. This past weekend, how are we looking at the Green Bay receiving situation? Because we know Devontae's got his spot. Yeah. But the other guys with Cobb, Allison, and now Scanling, there's a little bit of a, a conundrum there. Yeah, it's 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 really hard to gauge. Um, but I all you can go by really is is the targets and what you see, what you see. And uh Scantling had the nice touchdown against against LA. Um he got the target share. Um he got the second highest target share. Um, um as far as the Green Bay receivers go, I mean, you can you can only go off of what you see, and what you see is Scantling as the number as the number two wide receiver right now. Um, Geronimo Allison, I'd rather have him than Randall Cobb. I'm, I I didn't draft Randall Cobb anywhere this year. I, I just wasn't sold on him. The guy the guy can't stay healthy. 
Um, and I think that's going to be the issue for him going forward. Um, I, I don't want anything to do with Randall Cobb, and I'd rather have Scantling than than Allison. So I like it. I like it a lot. So uh, it's good to know because I have Allison in one league, and I have MVS on the waiver wire, and I did put a move in for that about a half hour before we started recording. So good to know I'm not the only one thinking that direction. Well, Let's I mean, you, you just, you just got to go where the targets are. <laughs> exactly. That's, I, I completely agree. Like, it, to me, the way it looks like, you know, in PPR league, you get the targets with MVS. If it was standard, I'd almost kind of, you know, okay, if you want to roll the dice with an Allison, he's got like the deep play threat. But mm-hmm. if he's not on and, the field, which is starting to happen, it's a little different now. So, And, I mean, the guy, the guy cleared uh, – I think Allison was concussion protocol. Oh, he had, he had something else going on too, yeah. didn't he? He had a couple of things. Him and Cobb. That's why I want to see maybe one more week. But MVS has proven he can hold the role. So I like what I've seen there. And they, you know, they like him. So yep. it's good. Let's talk about the other side in that game, the way it ended in a crazy fashion. I want to give you a second to vent. As I saw, you had Rams minus seven mm-hmm. and a half. Um, Todd Gurley, many fantasy owners, many betters were not happy when he stopped at the two. To be fair, it's a smart play. At the same time, you can argue they put him up two scores if they scored. Lots of ways to go about it. To me, these extra points aren't automatic these days, so it might not have been two scores. But I'll, I'll give you your floor here on Todd Gurley stopping early. Okay, I, I just like to be as entertaining as possible when I'm when I'm tweeting or when I'm writing an article. Um, I like to play the entertainment value a little bit. Obviously, you you go down, you win the game. I mean, you do not give a shit. All right, crap. I don't I don't know if I can cuss on here. <laughs> you yeah, don't give a- no, feel free. Let it fly. <laughs> okay, you don't give a shit about Vegas. You don't give a shit about fantasy football when when. Uh, you're out there uh, with a bunch of uh, 250, 300 pound dudes chasing you down. Um, I mean, you're, you're trying to win football games. I mean, you hear it all the time. Winning a professional football game is one of the hardest things is if not the hardest thing to do in sports, because I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. So you want to secure that win. It's absolutely the right move. And um, it's good to see someone that they invested uh, so much money in, um, realize that and just go down and get the win for the team. But you know, I, I lost a little money on that. But you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's uh, it's if you if you can't if you can't handle a tough loss, you shouldn't be gambling. That is the correct answer right there. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, they still only scored eighteen points. It wasn't flashy, but we really got to look at uh, DJ. Much, much better usage, especially in the first half before he got concussed and somehow came back in on the final drive when they needed him the most. And then Larry Fitzgerald got the ball a lot more often. The ball was getting flown around a lot more. There was a lot to like if you watched the game, and sadly I had to watch a lot of it. Byron Leftwich's first game, to me, left a good impression. What were your thoughts as a, you know, not a Niners fan or anything? As far – I'm sorry, as far as the Niners or the Cardinals? Cardinals, sorry. Uh, sorry Cardinals. Cardinals. No, that's okay. Um, So I liked – that uh, Larry Fitzgerald is becoming more involved. That's a guy that I really liked coming into this season. Um, I think that she, you're not going to win if you're if you're not giving Larry Fitzgerald uh, seven to seven to ten targets a game. Um, he's he's solid. He doesn't drop anything. He's he's always at the sticks. He knows where he's at on the field. Uh, he's going to get you first down. It's going to keep the ball moving. I. Like that, Christian Kirk continues to to see targets. Um, I like that he had a he had the touchdown at the end of the game to win the game. I think that is a that is a fixture in the, in this organization that they need to take care of. They need to uh, give him as many opportunities as possible because Larry Fitzgerald's not going to be around there forever. 
David Johnson, man, I'm worried. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, David Johnson is a guy that I had in the one, two range. He was a tier one running back for me. I liked him more than Le'Veon Bell this year, which I mean, he's obviously getting more fantasy points, but I mean, once week 11 rolls around, who are you going to want more Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson at this point? Um, yeah, I I'm worried. I, I, there's, I don't know other way to put it. I mean, um, they give him the ball. He runs it for three yards. Uh, they throw a little swing pass. He's he's not breaking the big run. Um, they, he's just it's it's just not it's just not happening this year. And they they got to figure it out in the play calling, or he has to figure it out. I mean, there there's a major problem. Yeah, I liked in the first half. He already had more receiving yards and targets in the first half. He had any game total uh, throughout the season. So I'm hoping that's a sign of things to come. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I, he's, I, he's, I actually, getting, he's getting enough points to be a starter, but that's the or, thing. I mean, but not where you drafted him. Not exactly. It's a, so I mean, there's there's no way around it. There's no way to to pat an owner on the back and be like, oh man, he'll get it next week. You don't know. I don't know. Like it it, it hasn't happened yet. And, and the weird thing is, is a lot of people don't agree, but some some do. I actually don't mind. Josh Rosen, I think he's he's looked good. He's made a lot of rookie mistakes, but I, I do kind of like the week to week development. Yes, I like the week to week developments that I, I see out of him out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I mean, Sam Darnold doesn't have the doesn't have the same weapons as he has. If you sure. want, I mean, Christian Kirk, I I I love Christian Kirk. I think he's a great receiver. Yeah, he's awesome. He's absolutely awesome. But, All right, uh, final final question here. We're going to move to the New England Patriots. Okay, when when we thought things were all right again, Josh Gordon goes and almost misses the transportation from New England to Buffalo, and he got to sit out for like a drive or two. Um, how concerned are you with this? Because I really thought things were good to go, and now this is already happening. What four weeks into New England, I got to be a little concerned. So I think your guest from last week, Seth Keith, um, he was a or uh, am I saying that right? Seth Klein. Seth Klein, Seth Klein, sorry. Um, he said that he was a uh, former addict and now he's a drug counselor. Uh, you probably saw this tweet too, that um, he's it's, what Josh Gordon is doing now is addict behavior. Um, and I, I'm not, I luckily enough, uh, thank the stars. I'm not someone who struggles with that kind of stuff. So I just got to go with what I hear with people who've, who've done personal or who've had personal experience with it. So when you hear something like that from uh, people who know uh, what he's going through, it is very worrisome. Um, any news that you hear about Josh Gordon, you're holding your breath. Um, it is. Uh, yeah. I, it's, it's not good. Um, I'm not in total panic mode. Like I'm not trying to sell him. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of this guy. Like I, he's someone I've been rooting for, for the past, for the past three, uh, three, four years since he's been having this trouble. Never someone that I've uh, cussed out because I drafted him or it's just, it's a, it's a human being thing. You want him to do well, but yeah, I'm worried. Um, but if he is able to stay on the field, um, this guy's only been with new England for three, four weeks. Uh, he's had a hundred yard game in Chicago. So if he's able to stay on the field, I think good things are coming, but it's just a matter of uh, keeping his nose clean um, keeping his keeping his head strong and keeping his keeping his body healthy. Yeah, I mentioned it on a previous show and like you said, Seth tweeted that out and Justin Mason 
He's a great guy in the community, and I've been on his show a few times. He's been on mine. He's a big time recovering addict, and he's he he works. That's his job. Also, is he works with addicts now, and he he's talked about it on a lot of his shows about um, you know this is what addicts do, and there's all these things about it, and it's so true. And the one thing that I've told before is my mom worked for the Sacramento Kings when she was up in that area as a uh, payroll person. And when they got run our test, the Kings literally hired two to three guys to babysit him every day, literally mm-hmm. go everywhere with him. They lived in the house that the Kings helped provide. They made sure he woke up, got to practice. Like, I don't know what the Patriots are doing. Maybe they are, and it still fell through the cracks. I don't know. But, you know, I'm not saying that's what you have to do for a guy because everyone's a grown adult. Might be something worth thinking about because obviously – they're they're clean. They're getting clean, but like you said, they have behaviors, and it's a shame. So yeah, I don't want to go too so, more deep into it. But yeah, well, I mean, I just want to make another point. Um, so if you're if you're Josh Gordon or you're you're this coaching staff, um, the, the reports come out that you're you're going to be sitting out the first quarter uh, as punishment for being late to a meeting, being late for a team flight, um, film session, what have you. Uh, but you end up playing in the first quarter. That's that's yeah. so that's so. What what kind of message are you sending to Josh Gordon? What kind of message are you sending to the rest of your team? Um, I mean, it, it's so Belichicky to do to kind of use that as a, as a strategy kind of thing, where you don't think you're going to have to deal with Josh Gordon, but you end up playing with him. But I mean, th- th- this isn't something that you want to mess around with. Uh, so I'm kind of disappointed the Patriots didn't sit him the first quarter. No, that's such a very, very good point. Like the fact he – I don't think he missed the whole drive now I think about it. Um, no, he, yeah, they had like, him right out there. Yeah, it's like you almost need to just say, you know what, you're missing the whole game. Yeah. Like, they're going to beat the Bills anyways. Let's just be honest about it. Yeah. They're going to – it was a lot closer than it should have been. They literally should have said, you know what, you're late. Stay in New England. Yeah, you don't have to rub his nose in it. I mean, you just be like this is yeah. this is the – "Quote unquote Patriot way." Uh, you're you're on this team. We traded for you. We have these expectations. You're not going to play today. We'll see you next week. You know. Yep. So interesting. I'm just I hope for the best. I really do because he's a super talented guy, and more importantly, just for his own health and well being. Yeah. So, yep. Let's hope for the best. Um, let's have a little fun here to spice it up towards the end. Yeah. Uh, and this could be you know like I told you before, I little quick hitters just because we are basically at the midway point of the fantasy football season for the most part. So who is your biggest surprise at quarterback? And I'm going to preface this by saying, yeah, I can't say I outside can't say of Pat Mahomes, yeah, I can't say <laughs> yeah, outside of Pat Mahomes, who was your biggest surprise at quarterback this year? Mitch Trubisky. Um, Mitch Trubisky. I thought the game against um, I thought the game against Tampa was a fluke because of um, how bad Tampa's secondary is, and uh, they just weren't able to generate a pass rush in Chicago. He had all the time in the world. Um, but what is most surprising to me about Mitch Trubisky is um, the way that Daniel Nagy is using his legs on third downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting uh, – not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, when your quarterback gets uh, 50 rushing yards a game, that's uh, five extra fantasy points for Big you. Time. <laughs> yeah, he, so, he's basically the cheap Cam Newton right now. Yeah, exactly. He's a poor man's Cam Newton. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely my he's definitely my surprise for quarterback. All right, let's go to the running back position. You know, obviously Todd Gurley's not a surprise. I wouldn't say Saquon Barkley's a surprise. Outside of James Conner, who was the biggest surprise for you <laughs> okay. at the running back position? 
Actually, I do not have any shares. I'm in 11 leagues. I do not have any shares of Kareem Hunt. He's just a guy that I that I want to avoid this uh, this season. I looked like I was right uh, the the first three weeks, um, but the way that this offense hums along, of course, he's going to get involved. And these past this past month, he's just been an absolute monster. I mean, he looks like the absolute real deal again. They uh, and and I mean. Anyone on this offense, I mean, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, uh, Sammy Watkins, but especially Kareem Hunt, uh, that run that he had on the little shovel pass last week, that was, it was one of the three best runs I've seen this season. The guy's automatic, uh, the guy's automatic on the goal line. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's a first round pick for years to come. And, uh, I'm kind of disappointed I didn't get any of them this year. And I really like him this week against Cleveland, you know, because Tyreek is banged up. If he might doesn't play this week, Watkins is fine. Kelsey will get his. But I think Hunt against that uh, Cleveland defense can be really, really nice. You know what? I hate to say it because I am a Tyreek Hill owner in, in one of the leagues in my home league that I really care about. Um, the fastest guy in the league with the groin injury is not a good thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> let him get healthy. Like let him rest and get healthy because you're you're going to make the playoffs, but you need a full full healthy roster for that. I, I if I had a guess right now on Tuesday before the practice week started, I mean by the time this comes out, I could be completely wrong. He could be out there on a on a full basis. But if I had a guess right now at uh, six thirty central on Tuesday, I would say he's not playing on Sunday. I think you're correct. Um, let's go to the wide receiver position. There's a ton of different options here. Who is your biggest surprise at the wide receiver position? This is a this is a really tough question. Um, see, I, w- I went negative last time, so I kind of want to go positive here. But, I mean, just like right off the top of my head, and maybe I'll think of a guy positively while I'm saying my negative one uh, or who I was down on. Uh, I was down on Mike Evans. I thought there were a – I thought there were a lot of weapons in Tampa. Um, I mean, there are a lot of weapons in Tampa, but I mean, when the guy just goes out there and, and, and uh, gets seven catches for 170 yards, and I mean, on a weekly basis, he's not hurting you as he has in years past. Um, I mean, Mike Evans is a, is a wide receiver one again, and I, I wasn't totally sold on it. I think it's a, it's, 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 I mean, we've seen it in the past with uh, Julio Jones, but him too, just not being able to, to score a touchdown to this point. I think that is, uh, that's just absolutely, that's insane to me that uh, you have one of the three best receivers in the game and he, and he hasn't scored yet. Um, yeah. But on the positive side, yeah. Do, do you have one while I think of it? Well, to me, the one I was not high on, so I guess it's negative in a way, but I love watching him, and I'm glad I'm wrong. Is uh, Juju? Juju, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think he, I didn't think he'd be this good. He's been very, very good. Yeah, um, yeah. Juju was a guy off the top of my head. Uh, Sammy Watkins. Um, yeah. I actually, uh, when I wrote in the in the fancy, I wrote for, uh, my bus for fancy pros was actually Tyreek Hill. Um, and it wasn't necessarily that I thought he was a bust. I just thought I didn't like him at his value at that point. Um, but the guy leads the league in touchdowns at this point, uh, as far as wide receivers go. Um, yeah. I just didn't, I didn't know what to expect with the chiefs offense. I mean, yeah. you could, you could go down uh, this whole, the whole theme of your question and you can just name chiefs. I mean, it is, it's insane. 
Daniel Nagy's gone. So what's this offense going to look like? And I mean, it's, there's just so much movement uh, every snap. I mean, you have no idea who the ball is going to. I mean, you, you see tech, you see Tyreek Hill uh, come across the line and you don't know if they're going to fake it to him or if they're going to give it to Kareem hunt, or if it's just going to be a fake and they're going to hit um, they're going to hit Travis Kelsey 15 yards over, over the field. I mean, it's, it's incredible to see. And one other big surprise, a wide receiver for me, and it's a shame he got hurt now. Will Fuller, I thought, had no chance to be this good. I really – I didn't think no, he was going to be Thursday. Oh, my gosh, so. he was so good last Thursday. It, it's, yeah. it's a shame. And when it's a non-contact injury like that, yep. I mean – I was watching it live, oh. and it was bad. Going back to running back, it's actually a guy that I did uh, draft in uh, – in a dynasty or in a rookie draft, I had the third pick and I took him. It was uh Sony Michelle. I took him the mm-hmm. day. I took him the day that he uh, had his knee trouble in training camp. I took him that morning. It was a slow draft. I took him at 8 a.m. He got hurt around 10 a.m. I am thoroughly impressed um, how, how stable this guy has been um, with his knee injury history. Um, and the way that that injury looked, that it wasn't a torn ACL, I mean, props to that doctor. <laughs> I mean, he built a strong knee. <laughs> yeah, that looked bad, and I'm hoping, you know, he might be back this week for crying out yeah. loud, so that's going to be crazy. So I'm looking forward to seeing Sony Michelle to continue to do big things because uh, he's a dynamic runner. With you there. All right, let's go to the tight end position, which is just a mess this year, but to show you how much of a mess it is, Rob Gronkowski in a six-point touchdown PPR league is the ninth tight end right now. Yeah. So life is bad outside of Ertz and Kelsey. What, <laughs> no. uh, what's your surprise here? My su- Okay, I have two surprises. Um, and I hate to stick with the same team um, that I went with for wide receiver, but uh, I mentioned him earlier earlier in the podcast, OJ yeah. Howard. Um, I'm impressed with I mean, what what can you do with tight ends? You know, I mean, yeah, you can say Eric bad. Ebron, you can say Eric Ebron, but you didn't know yeah. Jack Doyle was going to be hurt for half the year. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a surprise if you if you knew that. Uh, OJ Howard, uh, Cameron Brait is just not a part of this offense at all. Um, it's it's OJ Howard, and he's he's getting looks in the red zone. Um, he is a fixture in the middle of the field. Uh, he's playing much better as a receiving tight end than he was last year, although he didn't get the opportunities. I am surprised that David Njoku hasn't done more. Um, yeah. He's a guy that I was very high on. He's a guy that I have a lot of shares of. Um, but outside of uh, – well, he was shut out this past week, but outside of the two previous weeks, he hasn't done anything. And, uh, I mean, his – in standard scoring his two best games are like 11 and 12 point games. I mean, and this is a guy that I probably had in my top five tight ends for the season. Top seven. Yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah. I think um, Austin Hooper would be another one for me. I might be good. Not this good though. Like this is darn impressive. All right. Like we could obviously say a fantasy MVP so far be an easy draft pick and Pat Mahomes. We're not going to, if you need to use them, I'll, I'll let you have them. But the rule is a mid to late round draft pick. That's uh, like one of those difference makers for a team. Who would be a guy for you? Okay, yeah, uh, late round guy. I'll, I'll give you mine while you think. But James White. Um, it's James White. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like yeah. he just steals the show right there. Yeah, I mean, uh, even though he's a PPR back, I mean, he's killing it in standard too. I mean. Uh, 
he's uh you're putting him in your lineup and you're you're thinking you're gonna get a touchdown you're thinking you're gonna get 70 80 all-purpose yards at, at the minimum um Tariq Cohen is another one um yep. he th- this pat or ever since week uh week four I mean he's uh he's been a top I think he's a top four scorer in PPR though over the last five weeks um so yeah Tariq Cohen, James White. I mean, it's it's the year of the of the third down back or the uh, slot receiver back. So let's get Dave, let's get Duke Johnson going already. There you go. <laughs> We've come full circle, full yes, circle here to wrap up the pod. Well, I think you've done this before. Um, yeah. With that being said, Matt, I want you to let everybody know where they can find you, what you got coming up over at Rasball. Well, uh, you can find me at Rasball underscore MB on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at football.rasball.com. I will have my rankings uh, coming up on Wednesday. This will be out Wednesday morning, I'm sure. So my rankings will be out by the time that this comes out. Um, I'm doing something uh, special for my rankings this week, something more than I usually do. I'm going to have uh, 1,000 to uh, 1,500 words on the trade deadline. I'm just going to go over kind of what we did on this podcast. I'm just going to go over each uh, individual uh, player that the, the trade deadline affects. And uh, if you listen to this podcast, it'll be a lot of the same, but maybe there will be a, there'll be something a little different in there for you. But uh yeah, you can check out my fantasy pros rankings um, if if that's not what you're interested in. And every Sunday, I answer questions on uh, Rasball.com. I answer your lineup questions. And Monday morning, I got kind of my Peter Kingish column that comes out every Monday morning. Um, me and Rudy do a podcast every now and then on uh, Thursdays, just depending on uh, just depending on what we got going on. We both got busy lives, but we, we might be back this week. Um, so yeah, I mean busy. Busy being an editor. <laughs> yeah, you're a busy man over there these days, and Rasball is one of my uh, – a lot of my buddies have gone over that direction, so I like what's going on over there at Rasball.com. A, uh, a lot of good stuff there at that site. And, uh, Rudy's a good dude. Gray's a good dude. They're all good people. So Yeah, we, and we definitely appreciate you over there. I mean, you help us out by uh, promoting our stuff, and we hope we can uh, – we hope we do the same for you, so – yeah, no, all day. And uh, and like you said, you can go on the front of the Sports Teagens website. It's got all the links to the depth charts on Rasball we got. And uh, every page where there's a player mentioned, it links to the Rasball player info. So go check it all out. But most importantly, go check him out on Twitter at Rasball underscore MB. Matt is a good, good follow, a good guy. And it's not always football all the time. He's, uh, he's a <laughs> lot of fun. So, so go check out Matt. And uh, thanks for joining me this week, man. Had a lot of fun as usual. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, we'll do this again sometime. Everybody, this is Bench with Bubba, episode 129, talking a lot of fantasy football, a lot. So go check it all out, and we'll catch you guys next time. Yeah.